How's everybody doing today? Doing good? Yeah. Got to shake off the nerves a little bit here, so uh, so bear with me as I do that. And, uh, and, and you know, we had, this has been an awesome time in, in First Thessalonians, and you know, that what's really cool about this, and this is what I absolutely love about the church that we serve, is we have five people that some have, you know, a lot of experience, some have minimal experience, um, and some have just no experience at all as far as in, in, in speaking. And so it's been awesome to see the church invest in members of the congregation that can get up here and actually, you know, do what we've been doing for a while. So we had Adam Gangstalin Alm is what I call him. Um, so uh, he actually, uh, he, he came and he, and I don't call him Gangstalin because, you know, he leans or anything like that. There's a, there's a story behind it. And if you want to know more about that story, you can come to our men's breakfast that we have, our men's group that we have at Chick-fil-A at 6.30 in the morning. So just a plug for that as well, so, because it is a funny story. Um, and then we also, had, uh, we also had Mr. Beef Pruitt, that y'all know, that brought the message last week for sure. And then next week we got Big Poppy Lou, and then the week after that we got Dr. Defoe is what I like to call him. So, um, so we'll have them bringing it up too. Because if you know me, just like any other youth pastor, just like any other youth minister, I love to give nicknames out, okay? Sometimes they don't come to me all the time. It'll just come every now and then, but it has to come to me. And those just came to me right now. So, so just to let y'all know that those are your nicknames from here on out. So, um, but like y'all, like he said before, my name is Eric Moreno. I'm actually the student minister here um, at, uh, at Friendship Community Church, and it is an honor, such a blessing to serve each and every one of the students here. Uh, we do meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30, and we have been texting the text going through Jesus' miracles, and it's been awesome to just see what our, uh, what our students have been, have been looking at for sure. And so also, just another plug here, I am actually spending my last day in my 30s um, preaching, getting ready and preparing for preaching. So tomorrow I'll turn 40 years old. All right, it's craziness. Right, absolutely. So uh, as I say that, and Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40, it's me. Um, we will uh, get through this today. So, um, but it's been awesome to see all of the things that we've been looking at in First, Thess- in, you know, in, in, in First Thessalonians. And today we're going to be in chapters uh, two. We're going to be at the end of chapter two, two seventeen through 313 is where we're going to be at tonight, okay? All right? And um, as, uh, as I'm talking about celebrating my, my last day in my 30s here, um, one of the things I figured out is that, you know, I was born on Valentine's Day, um, and as I was prepping for my message, I like to listen to some Spotify, and sometimes Spotify can put some little things in there. And so because it is around a Valentine's Day, I was prepping with R&B and worship music, as you can see, um, as you know. And so I was listening to Tevin Campbell and Hillsong at the same time, so it was a little different. But, you know, one of the cool things, and just like any, like I said, just like any youth pastor does all the time, is that I listen to some of these songs on the radio, and some of these songs on the radio now, and I don't hear them and think, oh, man, like, that's, that's a good song. I hear them and think, how does that relate to kind of what was going on back then in, in biblical times and stuff like that, too? So... Uh, I am going to mention four different love songs, okay, kind of breakup songs and love songs, that I feel really kind of exposed what Paul was thinking in this chapter. So I'm going to read those first and look at that first. So that way, we, as I go into Scripture, we can kind of, for some of those who are like, I can't really understand the Bible, trust me, you will look at this and say, oh man, I may be able to understand a little bit more after what uh, Eric did with the Bible and billboard is what I like to call it. So I do that with the students as well, so it's fun. Um, so the first, I'm, there's going to be some four love songs that we're going to see on a slide here. And the first one, because in honor of, first of all, like, that's another thing too, is that this week is like birthday week for me in a, in a decade, because not only do we have the Super Bowl, we have Super Bowl halftime show, okay, which is like all the, all the past artists I used to listen to all the time. And then we also have New Edition that's coming into town, along with Jodeci, along with uh, Uncle Charlie from the Gap Band. If you don't know who the Gap Band is, he dropped a, dropped a bomb on me, baby, you know this song? So, um, and then also New Edition will be in town too. And then, they're, and then just to show more of my childhood here, they're actually going to be uh, airing a new version of, of Bel Air, which is, which is a spinoff of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So I'm like, man, this is like the best birthday week for me because it's like all my childhood is getting kind of mixed in. So, um, and then these love songs, as I was, uh, as I was kind of mentioning them to them, I, I text some of them to, uh, to, our, to a group chat that I was in with some of the, some of the guys that are going to be preaching up here. And um, 
this, this kind of came up, and I was like, oh, man, this would be really good. So I'm going to go ahead and prep you all for it, too. Now, the first song that I wanted to talk about was the one called Mr. Telephone Man by New Edition. Does anyone raise your hand if you know that song? Right? We know that song, right? So we all know the words, Mr. Telephone Man, there's something wrong with my line. When I dial my baby's number, I get a click every time. Right, absolutely, absolutely. We could do this. It's, it's, we could do this. You could finish the song lyric as well, so if you want to. Uh, and then also... If we fast forward 10 years and put a little country on it, basically you're looking at Calling Baton Rouge by Garth Brooks, which we say, operator, won't you put me on through? I got to send my love down to Baton Rouge. Hurry up, won't you put her on the line? I got to talk to my girl just one more. That's right. See, oh, yeah, I know that one. That's really good. So, <laughs> but, but Garth, like, sang it, like, really fast, like, super fast all the time. So I can't do it that fast. And then also... Two of them, which have the same title, just in totally different genre, or totally different decades, for sure, which is Hello by Lionel Richie. And then that one is, Hello, is it me you're looking for? I did a little singing right there. But, because I wonder where you are, and I wonder what you do. Are you somewhere feeling lonely, or is it someone loving you? Tell me how to win your heart, for I haven't got a clue. But let me start by saying, that's right, Absolutely. And then the last one that's more this time, so students, y'all will know exactly what this one is, right? Hello by Adele, right, just recently, uh, or not just recently, probably like three, four years old, something like that. So this one is Hello from the Other Side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for everything that I've done, but when I call you, you never seem to be at home. So, and I know you're thinking, what does this have to do with the Bible? You will see in just a minute when we read this. So, because I think what these songs really have, to, really have to consider is that communication, right? And when we're talking and we're in relationships with people, one of the biggest things they always talk about, especially when you go to any marriage conference or, any kind of, uh, or any, get any kind of premarital counseling, it's all about communication. And you see, Paul was desiring this in, uh, in his letter in, the, in Thessalonians to all of his people. He was desiring communication for a lot of different things, and we're going to get into it right now. So if you can, like I said, open up to uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.17 through 3.13, and you can also follow along here uh, as we read it. It says, But when we were separated from you, brothers and sisters, for a short time, for a short time in presence, not in affection, we became all the more fervent in our great desire. To see you in person. For we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, in fact, tried again and again, but Satan thwarted us. For who is our hope, our joy, our crown to boast before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not, of course, you? For you are our glory and joy. So when we could bear it no longer, we decided to stay on in Athens alone. We sent Timothy, our brother and fellow worker for God in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen you and encourage you about your faith so that no one would be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For in fact, when we were with you, we were telling you in advance that we would suffer, that, you, that we would suffer affliction. And so it has happened, as you well know. So, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to find out about our faith, about your faith, for fear that te the tempter somehow tempted you and our toil had proven useless. You see that where he said, I sent to find out, or when I, can, when I could bear it no longer, Mr. Telephone, that's what I think of. Hey, let's, let's, let's get on the phone, let's talk. But now Timothy has come to us from you and given us the good news of your faith and love that you always think of us with affection and long to see us just as we long to see you. So in all of our distress and affliction, we were reassured about you. Brothers and sisters, through your faith, for now we are alive again. If you stand firm in the Lord, for we can thank God enough for you. For all the joy we feel because of you before our, before our God, we pray earnestly night and day to see you in person and make up what may be lacking in your faith. Now may God our Father himself and Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for another, for all just as we do for you, so that your hearts are strengthened in holiness to be blameless before our God. And Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So as we look at that, um, and as you also think of the songs that you were just thinking of too, um, you see, the, this, I like this book because it also has a different, 
different ending with the, with the, than the songs do um, as well. So these aren't even love songs. They're more like breakup songs. But um, as we look at the scripture, I'm just going to open it up to you and see what do you think, um, what do you feel that God is putting on your heart um, as far as like what this says about God and what does this say about humanity. So let me go ahead and just open it up to y'all. This is my first time doing this, so y'all bear with me, but go ahead and bring it for sure. What does it say about God and humanity? Someone say something. Go ahead, Adam. We are united with each other through God. We are united with each other. I write in all caps, by the way. With absolutely. It's absolutely right. I love, um, I love to hear that, and I love to see that all the time too. Um, and then, you know, I would think that you know, separation cannot hinder us, uh, cannot hinder the affection that we have for His family. And so, as we look at this, we know that we're united with each other through God. Um, when we when we see how things are happening and what's going on here in First Thessalonians, first of all, we have to understand too that that Paul was ran out of of Thessalonica at that point in time. And so he's talking to them, and he's trying to reach out to them, and he's just, and sometimes we even see that he's having a hard time doing that, but he understands that, he's, that we are united with each other through God. Now, whether you, whether you serve here, whether you serve anywhere else, the bottom line should be that we are united with each other through God, and also the same affection that we have for Jesus Christ is the same affection that we have when we serve him the same affection that we have when we walk in him. And so that's how we're bound together with that as well. There should be no separation with that too. So good. Awesome. What else? God is the one who allows us to love one another. Awesome. Sorry. Um, God is the one who allows us to love one another. Absolutely. So um, I love that because as we're abound in love, you know, we should also understand that. And then even when we look at those songs, if you could remember some of the lyrics in them, we see how there's so much self in them trying to portray what they want to do. Like one person can't get a hold of his girlfriend, so what does he say, Mr. Telephone Man, let me, call my, let me call my girlfriend just to see what's happening, see what's going on. So one person also wants to say, hey, operator, can you put me on through? I want to send my love down to Baton Rouge. They want to do, see, as we focus on self and what we try to do with ourself and what we try to, what, how we try to pull that, um, pull, pull uh, how we try to pull that communication or how we try to do things without Without going to God, look what happens. And I think really when we see that too, we see that Satan can thwart us. You know, he can mess up our plans. If it's our plan, he can definitely mess that up. But when it's God's plan, that's never going to be messed up. That's going to be pursued. That's going to be, that's going to be moved. That's going to go beyond what Satan wants to thwart in us. And that's how we need to move. We need to move in God, in Christ. Absolutely. That was a good one. Awesome. What else? Yep, yep, absolutely. Satan tries to interfere. Now, to interfere. I used to be a server, too, as y'all could see. So you see the little W with the slash right there? Uh, So, um, and I know some of y'all probably can't write or see, read any of that, but I can, and then uh, I'll go ahead and just read them to y'all too. So Satan tries to interfere with God's plan. Absolutely. Um, we see that in this other truth that we saw as well, is that, you know, that's the thing about, that's the thing about Satan. He's, he's not going to stop. He's going to keep trying to, trying to thwart our plans or trying to oppose exactly what we need to, what, what, what God wants us to carry out. But the coolest thing about this is that if it's God's plan, it can't be stopped. There's no way separation, like I said, separation cannot hinder the affection that we have, and separation cannot hinder or stop what God wants us to do. And we see that very evident when we look at Paul's life right here. 
Paul got ran out of Acts, and he had a mission that he wanted to be on, but he notices and he sees exactly what's happening and what's going on. Because when he looks at, when he looks at some of them, let me see here, when we, he looks at, looks at them, he says... Man, I want to try to do this here. Okay, here we go. There we go. We became all the more fervent in our great desire to see you in person. He wanted to see them in person. He understood that there needed to be a fellowship there. And he said, for we wanted to come see you again and again, but Satan thwarted us. Yes, we have that desire for fellowship. Yes, we have that desire to be with one another. But that still, because we have that desire, it's because we want to be in fellowship. But the truth of the matter is, is that God will, will always overcome any of the plans, especially if they're plans that we have, especially if it's fleshly things that we want to do. Because for who is our hope and joy or crown to boast before our Lord Jesus at his coming? And it's the fact that he understands and knows exactly what is happening in Thessalonica. Paul can't be there, but he knows what's happening. And so he wants to boast in the joy to know exactly what's going on and to celebrate what's happening. Because yes, Satan will try to stop us, but God is more powerful than that. What else? What are some other truths? Right. God created us for community. Right, God created us for community and fellowship with other believers. He wants us to be, yeah, yeah let's just be honest here, that we're, we're a big family. We may not have the same um, ideological, worldly beliefs in, in different situations, but we should understand that God created us for the community that he wants us to be in. He wants us to be one with him. He wants us to understand who he is, and he wants us to celebrate that in every manner. It's not that he wants, and he, you know, and many times we try to come at this and we try to go at it alone. And that's not what God wants. God wants you to be in community. He desires, he desires, or, well, he doesn't desire anything, but he doesn't desire anything, but he wants us to desire that community as well. He wants us to worship him. We all need to be foundationalized. And I think a good I wrote it down here. Sorry, I got to go through my, my notes. Um, but he, but you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of just what, as we were in the book of Acts in Acts four thirty two, and we understand that everything is not ours, that everything is not ours, and that as we're the community of believers who love Jesus, who love God, and we know that 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 is the foundation, we understand how we work together to show that love to other people. How do we show the love of Jesus to other people? And in Acts 4.32, it talks, about, it talks about it when he says, the group of those who believed were of one heart and one mind, and no one said that any possession was his, because we know it's God's. Because God created us for that community to understand that we're not to hoard the things of this world, but we're to look to see how we can worship him and how we can also provide for others through prayer through many different things as well that that is needed in community okay what else do we uh, what else do we see here word that's right that came from a student so that got a word if y'all ever hear me here you'll always hear me say word as opposed to amen or anything like that just because that's how I grew up, word was like the amen in the hood. So that's what I kind of use, use all the time. So go ahead and say it again, Cassie. God encourages us to encourage God encourages us to encourage, something like that, uh, others <laughs> in the faith. That's right. See, I normally do this on Wednesdays too, but they never get to see me write, so now you know how I write, so... It's awesome. Um, yeah, God encourages us to uh, encourage others in the faith. He wants us to, he, he, you know, we, we said that before, he want, as, he, as he creates us for community, he 
He also wants us to encourage others. He wants us to, to be, and I always say this too, like he wants us to be in those awkward situations. Not in the awkward situation where, where, you know, where, where things are just awkward to be awkward, but he also wants us to be in those situations where when someone puts someone on your heart, he wants you to reach out to them. And when I say awkward situation, because you may not have talked to that person a long time, but he wants you to reach out. So there's a reason why he does things and where he, where he, how he works the way he works. And instead of us trying to figure it out, what we need to do is just be obedient to it. We need to walk in that. Because that's why he created community, and also that's why he wants us to encourage one another in that too. Absolutely. Awesome. What else? I saw, I saw another hand over here raised. Okay, go ahead. Uh huh. Mhm. So okay. All right. Cool. So what? Uh. What, what this, uh, what little man was saying, I want to say little man because, man, that's awesome that you would do that for sure. Uh, what, he was, what he was saying was he was like looking at, um, looking at verse 17 here. He said, but when we were separated from you, brothers and sisters, for a short time in presence, not in, effect, not in affection, we became all the more fervent in our great desire to see you in person. And when he's talking about that great desire, he's also meaning that there is a desire that Paul wanted to go out. He wanted to see what was happening. He wanted to see what was going on. He wanted to make, he wanted to make sure, and he was, like, he was like just chomping at the bit. You know, there's even times where he said, like, we can, we can, we can hold it no longer. Um, and then he also talked about in uh, 19, for who is our hope or joy or crown to boast before our Lord Jesus at his coming? You know, when Paul was talking about that, he was talking about the people who were in Thessalonica, who were doing exactly what they were called to do. And so when we see uh, the truth in that, it's the fact that, you know, that, that, um, that Paul's desire, that, that also God wants us, he wants us to succeed in doing his mission through any cost. Was that about right? Was that about right for you? that God wants us to succeed in doing his mission, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So God wants us to see, or God wants us to continue doing his mission. That's right, that's what, that's what I like hearing. All right, awesome. What else? God directs our paths, right? Absolutely. Mr. Beef, which one what what, what verse were you looking at for that to support that there? That's Keith Pro that's that's Okay. Chapter 3, verse 11. So uh, going into... Yes, 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 yes. Now may God, our Father himself, and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. Um, so that's, that's just more evidence in truth when we see that now may God, the, our Father himself, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. I love how Paul, specific, he gets specific in this. He says, now may God, our Father, himself, and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. You know, we don't need any other outside influences directing our way. What we need is we need Jesus doing that. 
And many times we can look at we can look at people and see people and see people's uh, ideological views, political views, personal opinions, and we can choose to follow those as opposed to following Jesus Christ. And that's that's true amongst anything and everything. And you know what? And as a youth pastor, I even see it within our students today, where things of this world will get in our heart and we will choose to follow those as opposed to follow Jesus. Now, that's just not with students, though, but that's with every single age group and demographic known to mankind. We will choose to follow things. And it may look nice, it may even look Christian, but the true matter is, is that Now may God, our Father himself, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. It shouldn't be anything or anyone else. And even though we see Paul sitting here chomping at the bit saying, man, this is my great desire, I want to see this, it's not the fact that he's he's doing that because he doesn't trust Jesus or he doesn't trust uh, his faith, but he's wanting to know the specifics of what is going on. And God just, and I like how Jesus just says, wait a minute, you'll, you'll figure it out. And he doesn't stop there. He actually ends up sending Timothy because that's, I think that's exactly what, what God wanted to happen at that point in time or what Jesus wanted to happen at that point in time. Because it wasn't about the fact that when he, when he sent Timothy on, it wasn't that he just sent him on to just say, oh, go find out and give us a good report. He, he sent him, he says, but now Timothy has come to us from you and given us the good news of your faith and love that you always think of us with affection, just as we always long to see you. He's like, the same thing is going on there that's happening here. But when he says when he could take it no longer, so when we could bear it no longer, we decided to stay on in Athens alone. We sent Timothy, our brother, fellow worker of God, in the gospel of Christ. And so in looking looking at that right there, I love how Timothy... I've just dropped the style. Sorry about that. I probably broke it now. Um, that youth pastor always getting up, breaking all the stuff. I'm joking. Um, but when we, when, we see how, when we see how Paul sent out Timothy, that wasn't a matter of, of, of him doing it because he's like, I have to know what's going on. It's more like him, like Jesus, knowing who Jesus invested in and how there was an investment in Timothy to go out. There wasn't an investment in, in, in Paul saying, look, I have to do everything. But it was Timothy, who was a fellow worker who went out and did that. There's a whole bunch of Timothys in this room right now. There's a whole bunch of Timothys in you right now, where there is an investment of Jesus Christ that, is, that has taken place in your life. And he's probably calling you to do something like that. And we may be scared, we may be frightful of what, what people are going to think of us or what's going to happen, but the true matter is, is it's all about how God directs our paths. And as we seek the investment of wanting more of him in our life, it's an amazing how paths, how, how paths can cross, how the vision and mission can still be carried out that's found biblical, not one that we make up, And how the desire to know that he is working no matter where we're at. That's an amazing thing to see. Any other truths? God will use... Was that a handoff or was that you? Okay, good, awesome. I love that. Because sometimes we should sit right there with the students, so I figured, hey, go ahead and do this. Be the sounding board. Um, God will use our failed plans and rejection. Absolutely. You know, um, man, uh, God, even though there may be some plans that aren't exactly what we want, even though Paul was, Paul was here and he was ran out, of Thessalonica. And he feels, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know, I mean, we don't see this, but I'm pretty sure that Paul possibly felt like a failure at one point in time. He felt like he failed God. Probably felt like he failed um, the people. 
But the true matter is, is that when we see Timothy's report um, in in six, in three, in, in uh, chapter three, verse six, but now Timothy has come to us from you and given us the good news of your faith and love that you always think of us with affection and long to see us just as we long to see you. Man, for Paul to hear some of that, for Paul to hear that encouragement, probably worked wonders. Because he knew at that point in time that it wasn't a failed attempt. If anything... It was an opportunity for God to be spoken of further and build the kingdom even more. So that way, we're not sitting there looking like, man, what did I do? What did I do? No, it's not about what you did. It's about what God, what you did at that point in time for for Jesus Christ and what they're continuing to doing for Jesus Christ, which is the same Jesus Christ that you both worship, which is the same Jesus Christ that you both love, which is the same Jesus Christ that will continue even when you get ran out of Thessalonica. When or if, if that's the case. But the, the the thing about Timothy here is that when he gives the news, we always think of the good news the good news of, of Jesus Christ, and we see that. But the true matter is, is that how good of the news was it, you know? Because I, I look and he says, uh, so in all of our distress and affliction, we were reassured about you, brothers and sisters, through your faith. For now we are alive again, and if you stand firm, how can we thank God enough for you? It's obvious, and so he says, you know, so in all of our distress and affliction, we were reassured about you. But then he comes in here, he says, we were telling you in advance that we would, that we would suffer affliction, so it has happened as well as you all know. So in hearing, in hearing um, Timothy's good news there, we know that the good news isn't, a, isn't just about the growing church in Thessalonica, but the good news is the fact of, I'm suffering, I suffered, and you're also suffering as well. We're in good company. And I know you're saying, oh man, suffering in good company, what's happening? Because I think that's the most encouraging thing that we can do, is when we're suffering, when we're feeling afflicted, that community is there. And it may not be a community in a, sense of, in a sense of being right next to each other. It may be as much of a community as being a phone call away. It may be as much of a community where we're encouraging one another by just writing a letter. But the true matter is, is that there is community there to encourage us. Just like there's community here to encourage each and every one of us as well. And how do we walk in that community? I think of, you know, seeing God's rejection, or not God's rejection, I'm sorry, that God will uh, use our failed plan um, and rejection. And and I I come to you very, very, you know, very, very just as transparent as I can be to to help help you all understand that, you know, at one point in time, I felt that my, my plan failed. At one point in time, I was in ministry, um, a long, or not a long, well, yeah, a while back. And I felt that I failed, and I also felt that I was rejected by the church. But most importantly, it wasn't the fact that I was rejected by a church, it wasn't the fact that I was rejected, period. It was the fact that there may have been people that I was rejected by. And it wasn't because of any failed, it wasn't because of any moral failure. It was simply because there was an insubordination in my heart that I just couldn't follow. There's an insubordination in my heart that I, well, I was called insubordinate in my heart that I couldn't follow. And yes, was I arrogant? Absolutely. Did I, did I have issues with certain things? Absolutely I did. And I felt like I can do them a little bit better. And I felt like I just couldn't, 
And, and as I was struggling to even be on staff, if I was struggling to move, move forward, I felt like, man, I wanted to be here for these students more than anything else. And even when God said, it's not about you, I still felt the need to move forward and try to do it the way I wanted to do it. And I remember getting called into a meeting. And I remember them telling me that I was no longer needed because they were going a different direction. And from that point on, I remember telling myself, I'm never going to be involved in student ministry ever again. I'm never going to do this. Because as long as man gets in the way, as long as man's opinion gets in the way, it's, not, it's, it's just not going to be successful. And I remember thinking about all the things that, you know, all the students that were going to be affected. And I remember feeling like Paul in a sense where I have that desire to see them. I have that desire to, to be with them in a sense. And I have that desire to see them grow. And I was like, man, I cannot do this. But you see, all of these truths kind of spoke to my heart that y'all just said were speaking to my heart back then too. Because it was not about me. It was about how God was going to move in their hearts. It was about what was happening in that point in time in that student ministry as they were going off to college, as they were doing things, different things uh, for Jesus Christ. And it wasn't about the programming that we had, all the things that I had, all the Bible studies that I was leading. It wasn't, any, it wasn't about that at all. It was about what is Jesus Christ doing? And how will he continue to do that? And that's what we need to see too. And I remember even thinking to myself and being so mad because two days before, my son was supposed to go on, a, on his, first, his first camp. And I had to tell him, unfortunately, we can't go. I even asked if we can, if we, hey, can we just be a part of the church because we love this family. We love this family. They were like, we would recommend you go somewhere else. And I had to tell my son, who was going on his first camping, he was going to go to camp the first time, that we can't go. I'm sorry. And I remember coming home after, after figuring it out or after you know, meeting with some people and, and coming home, and he was like, and I told him about that, and then he was like, well, and he, I came home to talk to someone else about it to see if we could possibly just get him to go to camp, and that was it. And uh, he asked, he said, Daddy, did you fix it? I'm like, no, I did not. And I see that, and I get angered. I get mad. And there was all sorts of things that were going on in me, but I had to still, I still had to understand that God has a, peace, God has a place in all of this. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out at that point in time. Fast forward, my, my son, you know, he's growing up, he's, he's we, you know, Fast forward a little bit after that, he starts, we, we found out that because of, because of this trauma that he ends up having a general anxiety disorder. Um, he, uh, it's where he gets so much anxiety and he felt like every time that we were going somewhere, every time we were destined to do something, that it was going to get taken away. And that hurt me when I got that because I kept going back to that one place that I was. I kept going back to that to that. To that, failed, to that failed and rejected state of mind. But God overcomes all of that stuff. God can overcome all of that stuff. Fast forward now to where we're at now, um, where my son, who, who has been in counseling, who, has, who went from knowing that, thinking that some of his friends were going to get taken away if we really kind of set ourselves here in a community of faith to now where he's like, I'm living it, I'm loving it. A person who was scared to make friends, now when we had a, we had a, um, we had a, a oh gosh, a birthday party two months ago, which his birthday was in December, but then it got canceled because of the snow and everything. So, we had to take it back. We had to take it back, and then we had to take it back another, another time, too, because we got COVID. So we ended up February 4th. He has a birthday in December. We're, we're, we're celebrating a birthday. And even in those situations, he's taken a lot much better now. And one of the coolest things that he said 
when people were asking, what is he like? What does he want for, for his birthday? He said, I want presents. I want presents with a C. And I was like, you talking about like crescents, like croissants? Like, is that what you're talking about? Like, you want a whole bunch of pastries? He said, no, Daddy, presents with a C. He goes, I just want people to be there. And then he said, you know what? As a matter of fact, I don't want them to bring presents. Just have them bring food or things for the food pantry here at church. And like Paul, I sit there and say, well, wait a minute. I go, to my, I go to my wife and I'm like, there's something going on here. Something's happening right now because, because he doesn't normally act like this. And he isn't normally like this, so we got to figure out, we got to talk to his counselor and see what's happening. And then my wife, of course, just like the discerning wife she is, she goes, can't you just let the Holy Spirit work in your son right now? (laughs) (laughs) But you see, that's what we need to do too. We need to let the Holy Spirit work where he's working and stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out. If we're going to do anything, what we need to do is invest in others. Like when, people, when someone's brought upon your heart, call them up, pray with them. When someone's brought in your heart and you just feel like you need to do something, even though it's kind of awkward, do it as it is in Christ. But make sure you are fueled by the Holy Spirit and not yourself when you're doing it. Because we cannot bring because if there's any truth about humanity in, in, that I saw in this scripture, it's that sometimes we are so much more concerned with how, how, how the tempter is going to rise above God, and that's not true at all. Because guys will, God will rise above that tempter, he will defeat that tempter, he will move that tempter out so that way he can make sure that his will is being done above ours. And for an 11-year-old to say that he feels so blessed with the friends that he has, with the church that he has, and even when he went to camp back in July, there was a song that was played. And it was, uh, it was, um, it was called, I Am Who You Say I Am. And one of the words in there, gosh, one of the, or some of the words in there was, um, in my father's house there's a place for me. And that was the one line that stuck out to my 11-year-old, is that he finally found his place, and he's confident in it. And he knows that he's here to serve Christ. He knows that even though there's a, there's a plan of, of, there may be a plan of failure and in, in rejection that is, God, that is man's plan, but that's not God's plan. It's more of an advancement and an investment than anything else. And so as we uh, go to some application here, um, some of the things that I think that the scripture really speaks out that you all contributed very well to is that, um, you know, see, God brings us together even when we're separated. And he does that through affection. He does that through fellowship and he does that through discipleship. One question I would have to ask is, how am I bound to a faith community? A second uh, application here is that a community of believers will always experience suffering. We're always going to experience affliction, but we know that we'll never be alone. So one of the questions I would ask is, who do I turn to when I'm suffering and feeling afflicted? Am I turning to the things of this world or am I turning to the things of God, the things of a faith community, the things of, the things of who Jesus is? And um, the last one is be reassured in Christ as we seek joy in him, in his community, in his word, and in his work. One question I would have for you all is where do I seek joy? Once again, are we seeking it in the world? Are we seeking it in him?
each and every one of us here, we have some things, when we look at these questions, we have some things that we go to in times of suffering, in times of affliction. Even when we're, even when we're trying to feel joyous. And I'm asking that, or I'm telling you that the one thing is that if it's not in Christ, then how? If it's not in Christ, then what are we doing to better ourselves in him? I say all that to say that as all of this went on, I'm so glad that the Lord led me here. I'm so glad that my son is at a place right now where he knows that he is serving Jesus most importantly. And my family is forever grateful for a community of believers who knows that we suffer affliction together, who knows that we, fellow, you know, that we fellowship together, and we also, we also allow ourselves to be discipled. The question goes for you too, like, are we doing that? in our day-to-day when we worship Christ, when we walk in him. How are we doing that? Think about that, and I'm going to go ahead and pray, then we'll get ready for uh, the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for who, what you do. As we walk in you daily, God, as we continue to do what you want us to do, May we not look to, if it stops, what would we do? But may we look to, as we're redirected, how are we going to invest in others so that way we can make sure that your plan reigns supreme above all? And as we seek joy, where are we seeking that joy? May we be guided to seek joy in you. May we be encouraged to seek joy in you. And God, as people in this room right now who don't necessarily know who you are or don't seek joy in you, God, may you encourage them. May you give them strength so that way they can know that yes, even though we are not perfect, even though we are not, even though we may have this plan of perfection, that we give it all to you because you will destroy that plan and make sure that your plan reigns supreme, God. And it's a lovely humbling to know that you work, that you will continue to work, and that even when we're not here, that you will continue to reign supreme. Not us, but you. And as we prepare for the Lord's Supper, may we look to you to know that we, may we look to you to be thankful for who you are, and what you do in your sacrifice because it will continue to advance the gospel as we tell others about it each and every day because as a believer we're commanded to in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 as we go therefore and make disciples of all the nations help us to pursue that each and every day of our lives asking all this be done in Jesus name we pray Amen all right, as the, uh, as the kids come in, um, if you can, you can just kind of wave your hand. If you have some elementary students that are coming through here, wave your hand, make sure they see you. <clears throat> oh, we got all the students, or all the kids here? I'm used to saying students, sorry. Yeah, I know, I know y'all have been there. You're right. All right, looks like, man, well-ordered fashion. For a minute, I was thinking, like, stampede was going to happen. It's good. So as we begin to partake in the Lord's Supper, um, I'm going to read some scripture to you in Mark here. Mark 14, it's uh, 22 through 26. I'll stop, I'll pause a minute, so that way we can go ahead and um, 
honor, and worship um, as we partake. While they were eating, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it. This is my body. Let's go ahead and do that together now. And after the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood, the blood of the covenant that is poured out for many. I tell you the truth, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And as we celebrate the, this time, as we reflect, let us know that we're going to go out and we are going to tell others. We are going to express the love of Christ and we're going to be Jesus to them. And let us pray. <clears throat> God, as we continue to worship you, May you encourage us. May you build us up. May we never forget what you've done. And may we utilize all the things in the community, in the work, and in the word to strengthen us so that way we can show others who you are, most importantly so we can win souls for the sake of you and not for the sake of ourselves. So we advance the kingdom and grow the kingdom spiritually most importantly so that that can continue to advance the gospel no matter where they're at. Whether it be in Wilson County, in Davidson County, in Tennessee, across the nation, wherever it may be, God. May we be honored to serve you, and may we worship you throughout everything. Asking all this to be done in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.